couple weeks ago, Ephesians 4, 28. Um, let him who stole still no, no, no longer, no more, but let him work with his hands so that he may have something to give to those who have a need. And I challenge you with this phrase, and y'all have heard me say it before, that your salary, your regular earned income is forgiving. See how y'all looking? It's forgiving. If, if this is right. Now, I understand you're going you're gonna to eat with it, you know, because Paul also said the man who doesn't work shouldn't eat. So, obviously, part of what you work for is going to be to eat. But what he's saying is the end goal of what you receive by working, if you were Learn these principles. It is, it, is, it is to give so that you can switch to a totally different system. Okay? And God wants us um, to switch. One of the gentlemen we watch on, on, uh, in, our, in, our, in our home uh, Bishop Daniel Robertson, Jr. He's a pastor of uh, uh, Mount Gilead International Ministries there in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And he's preaching a series, of just sort of the last couple of messages about uh, let God manifest in us. I think that's a thing that Dr. Leroy Thompson gave his all his sons, his, his ministry uh, guys for the year. Is God said, uh, let me manifest. And, and uh, so I've watched a couple of his, and he's talking about, um, you know, this book is about manifesting. I'm, I'm not trying to sell a book. Y'all understand that. The, but the, the system of God is all about letting him manifest. It's not about what you can do. And too many of us in the body of Christ are so dependent on what we can do and independent of God. Dr. Terry said that Wednesday night. Yes, sir. That sometimes the longer we walk with God, the more independent we become of him. And um, some people start walking with God and never learn how to depend on him. Remember Psalm 34, verse 8 in the easy read version? Hmm? Give the Lord a chance to show you how good he is. Great blessings belong to those who depend on him. And so... Um, he wants us to depend on him. Okay, uh, we have uh, four kids, my wife and I, my wife and me, we have four kids. And um, all throughout their middle school and high school years, Jonathan's still in high school, his last year, thank you, Lord. And um, they all, you know, they had aspirations and things they wanted to do. But we wouldn't let them work. We wouldn't, wouldn't let them get a job. Now, I know to some of you, you say, well, that's just irresponsible. They need to learn how to work. No, they need to learn how to depend. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I know, I know y'all raised different. But see, they need to learn how to, how to depend. See, my job is to train them on serving God. On a, on a relationship with God. 
So my, my goal as a dad was to train them as a dad that you can depend on me. Anything you want, definitely anything you need, that's taken care of, but things you want, we got you. Well, make them work for it. That's, if you don't, that's going to spoil them. They're not spoiled. They're all working now. It didn't spoil them. My mom used to say something like, son, you eat that cake before dinner, it's going to spoil your appetite. It never spoiled my appetite. <laughs> that, that bread pudding, Warren, we grew up on this stuff. My mom was a world-class baker and a cook and had restaurants. That, that bread pudding never spoiled my appetite. <laughs> Y'all, you follow what I'm saying? But God is trying to train us in depending on him and letting him do things for us. Because if we do it, we get the glory. If he does it, he gets the glory. Y'all follow me? And so um, God wants to release something on us. Amen? So we're taking this time this weekend as a concentrated time to deal with the area of finances so we can hit it and move on. Because here's, ladies and gentlemen, according to Jesus, money is the least thing in the kingdom of God. According to Jesus, it's the least thing in the kingdom of God. And yet, it's the biggest thing most people, Christians, are thinking about. Struggling with. And Jesus said, that's the least thing. Am I right about this? Most people go to bed thinking about money and wake up in the morning thinking about money or lack thereof. And yet, according to Jesus, it is the least thing in the whole kingdom. Amen? So he wants us to switch over. Because really, how are we going to get into working signs, wonders, and miracles and change in the neighborhood and change the community and change in the city when we're worried about money? Jesus. So we want to hit it so we can quit it. <laughs> Remember God told me one time, he said, I, I want to I give my people so much money that money never moves them. That money never moves you. My wife and I were, we were talking about, uh, uh, we, well, one of these guys, this big pastor we, uh, I know of who he went down. He's in prison right now because pastoring a huge mega church. I mean, one of the hugest of the hugest mega churches in America. And got involved in this marketing mess, selling stuff that wasn't, worth anything, and sentenced to what, six years in prison? Federal prison. You got to do 100% of that. See, if money still moves you, then, then, then it can move you. 
It can move you right up out of righteousness and holiness, integrity, walking with God, your family. The Bible says that a person goes after riches, he'll, 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 he'll bring sorrow in his own soul. He'll, he'll, he'll trouble his own house. You'll trouble your own house going after money. And so, um, tell you, but money is the least thing in the kingdom. In other words, supply. You remember the story in 2 Kings uh, 3 media? I'm not even following my notes yet, so don't worry about it. We're good. 2 Kings 3, um, when, when Jehoshaphat and Ahab and this other king from um, Moab or somewhere, uh, they were going to fight against this army, and they ran out of water for them and all their animals, all the soldiers. And they said, was, is there somebody we can, we can find some help with? And they said, well, we heard about this man. Uh, there's, there's Elisha's down there. Elisha, yeah, he's the one that washed um, Elijah's hands. He served Elijah. And uh, Jehoshaphat said, well, surely the word of the Lord is with him. They got down there, and, and, and um, Elisha shows up and says, hey, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even talk to y'all. Right. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Long story short, Dilemma, they're out of water. He says, okay, bring me a minstrel, a musician, some singer, whatever. And the spirit of prophecy came on him, prophesied and says, go and dig ditches in the valley. Make the valley full of, full of uh, ditches. And he said, you're not going to see any wind. You're not going to see any rain. But this whole valley is going to be filled with water. Right. Remember that story in Second Kings 3? Yes, sir. And, and th- then he says this. In other words, you're going to have water for you and your animals, all your soldiers, everybody. And he says, and this is but a small thing. It's a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. In other words, supplying their whole army from nothing. Man, I wish y'all would catch it. Say that he already teaching, they're already teaching. (laughs) Supplying the needs of a whole army and all their animals was a simple matter to God. He said he's going to also deliver the Moabites in your hand. In other words, I'm going to give you this big old victory too. Supplying is the smallest part of it. Y'all missing it. In other words, God supplying your needs is the smallest thing he got to do. What he want to do is give you victory over Charles Park and North Shore and downtown and uptown and midtown and Give us victory over St. Petersburg and the, and the principalities that have been running over this city, God. That, the, those are things God wants to do, Pastor. It's, but the, it's the smallest thing. God can, in one moment, without even blinking his eye fully, can make all of us multi-billionaires sit in this room right now. It's a simple matter to God. And yet we're most troubled about the simplest matter in God's eyes. what gives the body of Christ the most fit is the simplest matter in God's eyes. Most of the prayer requests that come in there are going to be about the simplest matter in God's eyes. <laughs> Praise God. What keeps folk up at night watching infomercials. Searching the internet. Watching YouTube all day. 
trying to find a way for what God says is the simplest matter. The simplest matter. And um, when my wife and I discovered that years ago, it switched how we thought, how we operated, and allowed God to begin to flow um, in our lives in a, on a different level. Okay? So um, I want you all to listen to me tonight. <laughs> okay? Now, um, go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Let's start there. I want to talk about financial grace for much more. Financial grace for much more. Listen to me. God's financial system is superior to any man-made system in the history of this world. God's financial system is superior to any man-made system in the history of this world. But how that system operates is not common knowledge. It's not common knowledge. Okay? God only reveals kingdom mysteries. Listen to this very carefully. God only reveals kingdom mysteries to those who yearn to know and live by them. God only reveals kingdom mysteries to those who yearn to know them and live by them. God only reveals how his kingdom operates to those who go seeking for it. In other words, you can't passively get this. It doesn't happen by osmosis. In other words, you can't just sit in church and aha, you get it. You have to go after it. Matthew 6, 32, 33. This is how the world operates. For after all these things, he talked about how you're going to eat, how you're going to drink, how you're going to be clothed, which includes how you're going to be housed. When you see that word clothed, it means covered. So it includes how you get housed. Y'all know rent's going up. Actually, rent's coming down a little bit. It's, it's got to come down a little bit. Yeah, it's come down a little bit. I've, I've, been, I've been monitoring. But not enough <laughs> for everybody to just go get it. But this is what people worry about. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need so if your father knows you need all these things, then this is a simple matter to him. Y'all got it? But seek first. King James says, I think, but seek ye first. Seek ye first. Ye. You know ye is you. Tell your neighbor, ye is you. Tell them, tell them, you is ye. So you seek first. See, the Gentiles seek that, but you... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that he said you need shall be added to you. Now, if they, now, y'all, please watch this. If they shall be added, that means they shall not be purchased. It means they shall not be worked for. Uh-oh. 
so I'm not supposed to be working for a living. Oh, it's already tight in here. It shall be added. Hallelujah. My wife and I, Lord, bless us with, a, with this car uh, a few years back. And uh, we had this tag put on there. Pauline, did y'all make that or something? I had this tag put on there, added. Because that's what I said. The Lord, Lord added that vehicle to us. We didn't pay for it. How, how much how much the payments on that? Ain't no payments. How much, how much you pay for it? Nothing. I didn't pay anything for it. The Lord added to us. And it wasn't the first one. And it wasn't the last one. Remember, remember a few years back I challenged you. I said, how, how could you live off a $20,000 a year salary if God was taking care of everything for you? $20,000, I can't live off that. But if God was taking care of everything for you, okay, let me, let me, let me help you. Um, <laughs> so this is how right now my kids my children, my wife and our children, why they feel rich. Because they're making money, but we're taking care of everything. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you tracking what I'm saying? So because we're taking care of everything, well, y'all don't make them pay lights? No, those are my lights. Or make them pay the water bill. No, that's my water. Well, I know they pay the cable. No, that's my cable. I'm teaching them how to depend on Jesus. I don't care if you judge me. I'm just telling you this is how it works. So then they feel ultra rich because, because all the money that they go out there and earn, they get to spend or keep. You know, I've taught them how to invest and all that stuff like that. I trained them how to handle it. Since they were this high, I trained them how to handle money. I've trained them from day one how to handle money. So they feel... Oh, you know, okay, we're good. In other words, they have no financial fears. If somebody say, all the young people, we're we going, we going to Bush Gardens next weekend. All right, I'm in. They ain't going to think about it. Why? Because, because mom and dad, we're taking care of everything. Oh, you follow me? So then it wouldn't matter if you, if you work fries at McDonald's. If God's taking care of everything, then you're all right. So all of a sudden, now you, want, you realize your job is not really your source. Are you following me? He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What does he mean by that? He means seek the laws and the principles and precepts that govern the kingdom of God. That's worth writing down. Seek the laws, principles, and precepts that govern the kingdom of God. Seek the laws, the principles, and precepts that govern the kingdom of God. 
Seek first his, his kingdom. Yeah. Find out, because I told you, it's not common knowledge. Everybody doesn't know this. Everybody's not privy to this. Boy. <laughs> Seek the laws that govern his kingdom. So there are laws that govern his kingdom. In other words, God has a, a constitution for his kingdom. You understand? Every, the kingdom, he has a government, he has a, a military, he has an economy, he has a constitution. So seek the laws, the principles, and the precepts that govern the kingdom of God. Why? Psalm 103, 19 says his kingdom rules, come on, over all. So, so, so if this is God's kingdom, the, the word, and this is the U.S. economy, God's kingdom rules over it. It's above it. He's established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules overall. It doesn't matter if it's okay, we're going to bring the world economy. The world's going to have a famine. It doesn't matter. If you're operating God's economy, it rules over that economy. So I don't, I don't worry per se about the laws that govern this kingdom. You got to catch this. I, I, don't, I don't get wrapped up in the law. I'm not talking about breaking law and stealing. I'm talking about the financial system. I don't worry about the financial system laws, the laws that govern this financial system. Buy low, sell high. You know, they got these laws about the financial system. Save for rainy day and all that kind of stuff. You know, those are, those are laws that govern this system. Okay? But I, I got to find the laws that govern the kingdom of God because his kingdom rules over all or implied all other kingdoms. Y'all got this here? Hallelujah. So if I operate by God's laws, then I'm supposed to live far above every economic system of this world. So I shouldn't be moved by recession, depression, inflation. Hello? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God proved that with a man named Isaac. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God, God proved that if you would operate by my laws, it won't matter what that system down there does. That's good. Hallelujah. I'm out of debt. My knees are met. I got plenty more put up in store. So you ought to listen to me. No, y'all, y'all. I know, I know y'all look at me because I'm, you know, y'all know me. You know, uh, you just pastor. Yeah, you, you got, I, it's somebody I know they got bigger. Yeah, but you don't know them. You don't know, you don't know how much they leasing. You, you, don't, you, don't know, you don't know what they rented to make that video. You don't know they borrowed somebody else's pumps to make that video. You don't, you don't know that stage was, a, that, that kitchen was a rented kitchen. To make a video to look like they got it going on. But right here, right in your face, so you can you can follow me home. 
Matter of fact, many of y'all have been around me long enough to watch me. Watch my wife, to watch my family. You've been around to see. You know we ain't fooling nobody. So Genesis 26, Genesis 26, God proved this with Isaac. Look in verse 1. Are you there? Genesis 26, verse 1. Are the rest of y'all there? There was a famine in the land. Everybody say famine. famine. Besides the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. So this isn't the same famine. It's another famine. But you know Abraham prospered in a famine too, right? And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of, of the Philistines in Gerard, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. Mm-hmm. My God. I just saw... In here, the power of a legacy of faith. That's why it's so important, fathers, parents, that we obey God. Because Isaac is reaping the fruit from his father's walk. I wish I had a little more witnesses here. Isaac is reaping the fruit from his father's integrity. Proverbs 20, verse 7. I love it. When the righteous man walks in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. When you walk in your integrity, your children are blessed after you. Your ch- I expect my children to be blessed. I expect my children to be prosperous. I expect my children to even to outdo me eventually. Because they get to stand on my shoulders. My ceiling ought to become their floor. That's why it's important to me to walk in integrity. Because of what Abraham had done, God said, I'm going to perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. Y'all got that? Look down at verse 5. Here's why. Because Abraham... Obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Hold, wait a minute. Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my, wait, what? What statutes? What laws? There's, we didn't have the law. The law came with Moses. We're well over 400 years later when the, when the, the law comes. <laughs> but God said, Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. What law? There was, he, didn't, he couldn't read no laws. There was no laws. What, what laws are you talking about? He learned the laws of God's kingdom. He learned how to operate in God's system. He kept my laws. He obeyed my voice. He kept my statutes. He kept my commandments. So the number one of the number one 
one of the top keys in operating in this prosperity and obtaining financial grace is your obedience. Is your obedience. How do I know? Well, look at the very next thing. Verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. God told him, don't go anywhere, stay here. Verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He obeyed. In other words, God, he doesn't need any free thinkers. He doesn't need us innovating anything. He just needs to just obey whatever he tells us, just do it. And many times, we, we, are, we are getting ourselves caught up in all kind of uh, other ambitious things, got our hands involved in all kind of things trying to find, well, I'm going I'm to I'm throw this on the wall, see if it's sticking. I'm going to throw this on the wall, see if it's sticking. We, we, we just, our minds are so scattered. I watch so much scatterbrain activity going on in this church. And all I want to say is, please, ma'am, please, sir, will you please just stop when you ring God's doorbell, will you stay there and let him come and answer and tell you what to do and then just stop everything and do that? Do that. The reason why God blessed Abraham was because Abraham obeyed. And the reason Isaac is about to walk into a hundredfold blessing is because Isaac obeyed. Oh, no, he sold in the land. Yeah, he, he sold in that land. What land? The land God told him to sow in. He obeyed. He obeyed. <laughs> Verse 12. Then Isaac sold in that land and reaped in the same year. Y'all know this one, a hundredfold in the Lord blessing. This is where everybody shout. But nobody shout about the part that Isaac stayed. He dwelt. <coughs> skip all past the fact that he obeyed. That's the key. He, if, he hadn't, if he hadn't obeyed, he wouldn't have got that hundredfold blessing. He would have gone on to Egypt because he, he thought Egypt, Egypt represents the world system. Egypt represents going to the bank. Egypt represents going, getting the world's wisdom. Y'all quiet. That's what Egypt represents. Egypt is the limiter. Because no matter how you go to the world, they're going to limit what you can do. Hallelujah. As I saw that land and reaped in the same year, a hundredfold the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, the man began to prosper. I love this part. And continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. Verse 16, and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Now, Abimelech is the king of the, of, the, of, of the Philistines. He's the king. And he said, Isaac, you need to leave because you are mightier. Mightier didn't mean this man started working out at the gym. It meant he, he, his, his own personal economy became stronger than the nation's economy. Y'all ain't said nothing. He said, you are, you are mightier. Than we. Mighty, he didn't say mightier than me. He said mightier than we. That meant, y'all not catching this, Isaac was outdoing everybody put together. 
He said, you have become much mightier than we. <laughs> he obeyed. He sold. He reaped a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Began to prosper. Continued prospering. Until he became very prosperous. So much so they envied him. The envy, envy got so strong it rose to the top. And they said, you got to go because you, 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 you shaming us. You, 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 you making us look bad. We, we, don't, we don't got our Harvard degree and you, look, look what you're doing. And, and we don't invest it in all the mutual funds and 401ks and IRAs we can get our hands on. And look, look, look what you're doing. And you, we don't invest it. We got, we got inside trade information and, we, and you, you still, how how, 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 you, how you outdoing all of us, Isaac? See, something was released on Isaac. Financial grace. The blessing activated on his life. And they said, you got to get out of here. So he, what did he do? He left. He didn't argue with him. Verse 25. Go down to verse 25. No, go to verse, verse 24. And the Lord appeared. Now, he can go a couple different places because he goes and starts digging these wells. And every time he dug a well, they, they take in the well, talking about that's our water. Well, if it's your water, you couldn't get it. Now, how come I keep finding water and you can't find water? Because something's working on him. Are y'all catching this here? See, I'm, I'm trying to show you that his kingdom rules over all. So if you operate in his kingdom, it doesn't matter what's going on in the economic system that you're living in. Long as you are abiding by this system, the laws, the precepts, the principles of God's kingdom, you're going to be superior. Hallelujah. He said in verse... Uh, 23, went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I'm with you. I will bless you and multiply you, multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. See, Abraham, Abraham's diligence was paying off here in the next generation. My goodness. Verse, tw verse 25, so he, Isaac, built an altar there. Now, what was the altar? What was he doing at the altar? He was doing what? Offering. Went for prayer. Offering. You see all the scriptures, they were always for offerings. Always for offerings. So I don't know if this was his tithe, his first fruits he was bringing. He brought something. <laughs> God, you blessed me. You made me bigger than the whole country. Won't he do it? Did, didn't the Bible say in Job chapter 1 that Job was the greatest man in the east? Serving God. And God made him wealthy in the, you know, the east, that's the far east. And yet he was the richest man out there. He's operating God's system. So, Isaac built an altar there, called the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent there. And there Isaac served his uncle well. Then, then watch verse 26. Remember they put him out. 
I know y'all know this story, but just, just please, please, please indulge yourself. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Fickle, the commander of his army. Now, if you go back, you read earlier when Abraham was there in, in, in Gerar. Remember Abraham had gone to the same place? Uh, Abimelech and, and uh, Fickle came to him too. They, they recognized y'all somebody. Now this time, now I want you to catch this here. Y'all listening? Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends. Other translations say his advisor. And then Fickle. Now what do you think the advisor had advised him about? <laughs> hey, sir, your, your royal majesty, I know that um, we were a little envious of this man. He became greater than we are, but um, when he left, our economy tanked. We need him back. We need his favor, dear sir. So let us arise. Let us go find him and get back in covenant with him lest we all die. I'm just imagining that's what an advisor says to the king. As I said to him, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. We've seen, certainly. Can everybody certainly see that the Lord is with you? I'm talking about God wants to bless you so much that the world can certainly see that the Lord is with you. Because they know you, you ain't that smart. They know you came from the same hood. They know you work on the same job. And they're going to want to know how come you flying in your private jet on the weekend and they working at another job on the weekend. No, y'all didn't say nothing. Y'all didn't say nothing. I'm talking about where God, what, what God can do. I ain't going to tell you what he's going to do because it's up to you what he's going to do. But I'm telling you what he can do. In fact, what he wants to do so that he gets the glory out of our lives. Glory to God. Now, I don't know about you. Y'all can stay where you are, but I'm not staying where I am. I'm going all the way here till the whole world knows the Lord is with me. We've certainly seen the Lord's with you. So we said, oh, let there now be an oath between us, between you, uh, you and us, and let us make a covenant with you so that you will do us no harm since we, do not, we have not touched you. And since we have not, we've done nothing to you, but good has, and have sent you away in peace. <laughs> sent you away in peace. We, we sent you away, partner, but, uh, you know, peace was peaceful about it. You are now the blessed of the Lord. No, he's been blessed. You just recognize it. See, what's happening? Uh, all, all Isaac did was submit to the will and plan of God, and God increased him to the point where 
his personal economy overrode and outdid the economy of the land in which he was living. The whole nation. I wonder if you could imagine believers being the wealthiest people in St. Petersburg. Maybe you ought to close your eyes and think about it or something. I don't know. Y'all looking at me like, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder, could you imagine that? Could, because this is what happened. It's what happened to Job. It's what happened to Abraham. It's what happened to Solomon. It's what happened to Jacob. I wonder if we would let that happen to us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's dig in here. So we're part of a superior kingdom. Everybody say, I'm part of a superior kingdom. kingdom. Y'all got it? I'm part of a totally superior kingdom, a superior system. But I have to learn how to operate by the laws of that kingdom. Y'all got it? Now, Proverbs 14.6 says this. I want you to hear this. Proverbs 14.6 says, a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. But knowledge is easy to him who understands. A scoffer seeks wisdom. A scoffer is that mocker, that scorner, that one who arrogantly thinks he or she knows everything already. And just, that's, that's foolishness. That's hogwash. That stuff pastor telling y'all. That ain't how it really works. I, I know how this really works. A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. But knowledge is easy to him who understands. In Amplified Classic, it says it this way. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain for his very attitude blinds and deafens him to it. So what's keeping many people... In, the, in, in EGCC, I ain't, I ain't going to talk about the whole church. In EGCC, broke is a bad attitude. What's wrong with my attitude? You think you know better. So you're going to keep doing it your way. You're going to keep trying this and trying that. And the Lord, Lord keeps saying, do this. And no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that, do that, do that over there. And the pastor, I know we talk about, you know, I'm going to do this over here. And this person got this. And I'm going to just do it. But your, your attitude blinds and deafens you to this wisdom. But knowledge is easy to him who, who being teachable, understands. So if you become teachable, then knowledge can come easy to you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. I remember in those early days, Kim, when when we were first learning. You've heard me say this. I feel like I got a brand new Bible. You ever heard that? Heard me say that? Have you ever felt that way? Like in other words, a revelation comes to you about something. And the reason if, you, you have a you have a um bought a car or start looking for a car and everywhere you look you notice that car? Yes, sir. 
You see it everywhere? Like you didn't know that there were, because you thought, man, I'm going to buy a car. You know, nobody got No, I'm going to get You go buy the car, and you look around, and it's like everybody got that car. It's just all of a sudden, as you become a seeker, or you obtain, now your eyes are open, and you notice what's always been there. So when my wife and me began to, when, when, when we let go of our arrogance, when we let go of our arrogance years ago, and realized we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. So we're going to listen to these people who know what they're talking about. In the kingdom. And all of a sudden, Elder Warren, I got a brand new Bible. Because I can all of a sudden see stuff that's always been there. Wait. It, the Bible said that? Yeah. Scriptures that you read before. All, all of a sudden, wait. That's what that means. See, once you get a teachable spirit, once you let go of your um, arrogant attitude, now y'all get mad, you think I'm talking about you. I ain't talking about you, I'm talking about the person behind you. Once you get rid of your arrogant attitude, <laughs> I'm messing with you, I don't know what I'm talking about. Once you get rid of that, all of a sudden, you can open, you can just open your Bible, just let it drop, and you're gonna find you're gonna see it. I remember I started having these dreams. <clears throat> multiple, multiple dreams. That's a whole list, list of dreams that I had of where I'd be walking down the street and I'd find these coins, money, some small, some large coins. Gold and silver coins everywhere. And I remember many times in the dreams, I'd be walking with a group of pastors or preachers or other, other leaders, and, and, I'm, and I'd be like, hey, y'all don't see that? Oh, don't, over and over and over again, these dreams I was having. In other words, God was saying, I'm opening your eyes to see what others can't see because they're not teachable. They have their old Baptist way of doing everything. They have their whole Kojic way of doing everything. You know, they all, you know, whatever you got. Religious way of doing everything. They have their own ideas. And then what they're going to do to try to prosper is they're going to go get hooked up with the world. Lock arms with the world and get world sponsors for their church events. And we're going to bring in all the funeral homes to do, you know, funeral home uh let them sell all our people, and we're going to make deals with car lots. And every, you know, I, I've heard the deals that have come across my table. Yeah, I hook you up in every, you know, every, every car we sell in your church, I'm gonna, I'll give you a little cut. Get everybody to sign up with this little insurance policy and this little pre, prepaid plan. You know, we're we, we going to take care of you, man of God. You wouldn't believe the kind of stuff that is offered at pastor's meetings. Yes, sir. 
I had a guy I met yesterday. <laughs> I regret that guy getting my phone number. Because <laughs> five something this morning, I get an invitation to a, a meeting. <laughs> These videos about all this, this business plan, and we'll take care of you. <laughs> How would you even get into this pastor's meeting, cuz? But if you, if, you are not be, if you are not aware of covetousness, Luke 12 talks about that. If you're not aware of covetousness, you'll get drawn away by the, the enticement of a little bit of money. If you haven't learned to be content with such things as you have, if you, if you can't see the laws and the, the precepts and principles of God's kingdom, then you figure I got to get it some other kind of way. That's right. That's right. I value my integrity too much. Yeah. Oh my God. I value the anointing too much. Yeah. I, value, I value the clear conscience I have with you. Thank you, Lord. Um, did we read that Amplified class that we did? Okay. So when you get a teachable spirit, you can get this. Turn to Mark 4.11. Mark 4.11. Or put on the screen. I, I got a long ways to go. Mark 4.11. He said, Jesus said to them, the disciples, to you it has been given... To know what? The mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So what happens is people, if they, if they are not teachable, if they are not seeking the kingdom, the Bible is just, just one bit parable. It's, it's just good stories, but there's no, there's no principle and precept that I know I can actually apply to my life and, 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 and see myself prospering. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, my wife and I talked about this the other day. You know, there are people that we watch. So, some of the guys we watch, we have a select group of people that we watch, um, preaching and so forth. Some of them don't teach. Several of them, they don't teach prosperity in the way we do. They don't teach faith in the way we do. But they all prosper. You know why? Because they live holy. And if you live holy, if you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the land. If you obey and serve me, you're going to spend your days in prosperity, your years in pleasures. In other words, the principles still apply even if you don't know them. Y'all, y'all not catching. In other words, the kingdom principles still apply even if you don't know them. If you live right, God will bless you. If you walk right, God will bless you. If you do what he says, if you obey his commands, if you just follow what you do know, God will bless you. So when you and I begin to learn these things, how much more then? To you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. To you, it has been given to know. To you, it has been given to know the mystery, the secrets. The, the secrets. Everybody say secrets. secrets. Hidden truths. They're hidden. 
This is what I'm telling you. When those dreams I'd see, Mom, I'd see myself walking in these rooms, these buildings, uh, and, and, and like, Pastor, you don't see that? Like it, it, to me, it was so clear. And I realized, okay, God, you're showing me something that other people can't see. Yeah, one time, <coughs> one dream I had, walking to this house, and uh, I was walking through, and I saw these coins, and uh, start, I, I, look, I looked around, and I started just picking them up. I'm like, well, nobody going, it's like an abandoned house, but, and then I looked and saw this lady sitting on a, on a chair in the house, and uh, I said, oh, man, I'm sorry. She said, no, son. She said, your mama left that for you. She said, your, your, your mother left all this for you. This was an inheritance. And then I looked on, she had a, on, a, on a coffee table a magazine, and it had faith on it. So all I remember seeing the word faith on that magazine. That's the legacy of faith. See, once, once God opens your eyes, you, you see things in the scriptures that other people can't see. Once you make them in your mind, I'm seeking first God's kingdom, then he opens the mysteries to you. But if, you, if, if his kingdom is a back burner and not a priority, he will not open the kingdom secrets to you. If you read more magazines than the word, the kingdom secrets are not open to you. If you watch more sports than watching the word, then, then it's, it's not open to you because you're not a seeker. He's reward of those who diligently seek him. So when you change and become a seeker, then all of a sudden, it'll be given to you to know the mystery, to know the mystery. A mystery is an unknown, a secret, or a hidden thing. And he says, it'll be given to you to know it. Thank you, Lord. I think it's Psalm 25, verse 14, somewhere around there, that says, uh, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with those. I may not have the scripture right, but it says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. That's right. Am I right, James? The secret of the Lord. The secret of the, secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret of are y'all hearing me? The secret of the Lord. God has secrets. There are things shh, that he don't tell everybody. He says, my secrets are with those who fear me. And he says, and he will show them his covenant. He's going to peel back the covenant and show you, here's how things work. Now, you want to learn... <laughs> I know because I've, 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 been, I've been tempted a few times in my life. You want to find out somebody's information and you click on the video and Nicole, you, they give you a five, free five-minute video. But if you want more, 
I'm going to give you five free minutes. I may even give you a two-hour little video to get you interested, pulled in. But I'm never actually going to tell you anything. Just going to talk in circles and keep telling you the problem. Because I know the problem, that's why I'm looking. I know the problem, but I'm, I'm going to keep pulling you in. And then click here, subscribe for more. If you want that more, that ain't free. But the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He going to tell you and me how everything works. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Psalm 103. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. In other words, he pulled back the covers and said, let me show you how this whole thing works. Y'all do know Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and De Deuteronomy. You know we don't see Moses appear until Exodus. Y'all missed it. <laughs> Moses, he didn't appear until Exodus. But he wrote Genesis. Detailed accounts of everything. How? God revealed. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How much time y'all have tonight, y'all? We, we got we to get this, man. This is the year of much more. This is the year of much more. This is the year of much more. The year of much more. Hallelujah. And God's not holding back much more. He's ready to give it. He is ready to bless your socks, clean off your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Where did I leave you all? Mark 4, 16? Mark 4, 11, rather? So to you has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Okay, now go, go stay there in Mark, and go down to uh, Mark 4, in Mark 4, and uh, verse up 26. Verse 26. So, again, verse 11 said, it's been given to you to know the mystery the secrets are the hidden truths of the kingdom of God. Verse 26, and he said, and he said, hallelujah. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Sleep by night, rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crop by itself. First the blade, then the head. And have that the full grain of the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he said, to what shall we like in the kingdom of God? Now he's revealing to us the mystery of the kingdom of God. Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown. 
It grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest under its branches, under its shade. So we see here in back-to-back consecutive parables, Jesus equates the kingdom of God to seed, to the sowing of seed. Now, in fact, the very first parable he teaches in Mark 4, which is the granddaddy of all parables, is also also about sowing seed. He starts out by saying the sower sows the word. And he explained the parable, and he said, he he gave the parable, and they said, well, what does this parable mean? He said, he says, guys, y'all don't get this one? He says, if you don't understand this parable, how will you know any parable? In other words, this parable is a parable of all parables. You got to get this one to get all the rest. And he taught them about seed and the kind of ground you sow into. Now, within context, he's talking about the seed being the word of God and what kind of ground uh, your heart is when that word comes. So the, the number one thing about the kingdom of God is taking the seed of God's word and sowing it into your own heart. You read over in Matthew 13, you'll see some of these same parables. And one he talks about is about a woman who takes uh, three measures of meal and, and hides it, right? And um, uh, takes leaven and hides it in three measures of meal. And how the whole, all the meal gets leavened. When you get, it, when you get home, read it in your own time, Matthew 13. In other words, when you, when you put, the kingdom is a leavening agent. The kingdom, when the kingdom gets in, it takes over everything. Three measures of meal, spirit, soul, and body. Take over three measures of meal, spirit, soul, and body. So when you get the kingdom of God in your spirit, get the kingdom down in your soul, it'll take over your whole body. Your whole life will be consumed with the kingdom of God. But you have to sow it into your heart. You got to sow it into your heart. So my wife and I started learning this. That's all we did. Just like 24-7 was sow the word of God in our hearts. Just sow the word of God in our hearts. Remember I was a barber, uh, Chris, and I, I, I'd be... Barbara sitting there, you know, standing there cutting hair with headphones on. My customers hardly got my attention. I asked, what, what you getting? Okay, what you getting? Okay, good. Boom. I wasn't trying to be rude. I was just hungry. I mean, I've seen, I've seen barbers eat while they cut hair. I, I'm listening to the word while I cut hair. I'd be out cutting the grass. Headphones on. I'm listening to the word all day long. All day long. It's all day long. Everything, that's all I did. Just listen to the word. Preach the word. Preach, preach. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. What am I doing? I'm reprogramming my spirit. Rewiring my circuitry. Because I've been conditioned by this natural world system that you got to toil and sweat and live this way and, you, you know, die, you know, when your number gets called and, you know, and, and, you know all kind of stuff going to happen to you. And, and I have to reprogram my whole spirit. Until I flushed out all the junk that had been deposited in my spirit. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know what you're thinking when you talk. 
We know what's in there when you talk. And if you keep talking like the world and keep talking like junk and keep talking like broken, keep talking like, you know, all this bad stuff, then, then we know that's what's in you. So that means you got to do a lot more flushing. You don't flush it with Saturday Night Live. You don't flush with coming to America and Color Purple and Housewives of Atlanta and NFL. I, 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 during that period, I, I wasn't watching nothing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at y'all, y'all quiet. But I'm telling you, I can tell what's not happening. You have to, the violent take the kingdom by force. The violent. Matter of fact, some, some translations say it this way. Violent men forcefully push their way into it. You got to become violent about this. How long are you going to be paying your bills on the last day? Well, I paid it when it was due. How long are you going to pay it on the last day? How many more extensions are you going to ask for in your life? How many more late charges are you going to get? How many more times you going to see a need for somebody to say, I sure wish I could help him out? I remember one time my wife and I got angry. One, one, one time uh, one of our siblings had a need. And we couldn't help. We got angry. Not because they asked, but because we couldn't help. And if you never get angry about not having the ability to change a, a neighborhood, a family, a community, you're not ready for this. Just, just keep on working. Just keep on working. Just keep on working. Work till you're 85. You hope to retire. And just keep on working until you drop dead. Just keep on working. But if you, if you ever get angry about not being able to be used by God in a supernatural way to change somebody's life, We are angry. So we had to keep pouring in the word. Keep pouring in the word. And the more we poured in the word, the more our eyes were opened to, oh, oh, wow. Look, look what, look what, wow, look in there. Look at that. You know, those calls each other. And, hey, look at this. Look, wow. Wow, did you see that? I was reading today and did you notice that? Wow. You, know, you see what God can do? Do you see what God can do? Do you see what God wants to do? You better find you somebody who you can run some scriptures by and say, do you see? If, if, if the people in your circle are like that, you're in the wrong circle. You need to find somebody who's just as hungry and thirsty as you are. Who've had enough of being broke. Enough of being sick. Enough of being down and under. At the bottom. 
Love for not getting by. So, again, sow in the word of your heart. Everybody say, sow the word of your heart. <laughs> I got to sow the word of my heart. That's, that's first and foremost. But notice it's a seed kingdom then. Because he goes on again, verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Verse 30, uh, verse 31, is like a mustard seed. Okay? So notice seed, when seed is sown, natural and or spiritual laws are activated. Yes, sir. Now, y'all will get quiet here, but I understand it. Look at, look at this, verse 27. Verse 26, the kingdom of God is of a man shall scatter seed on the ground. And to sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed shall sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Yeah. Sleep by night and rise by day. Sleep by night and rise by day. He already scattered the seed. Then he sleeps by night and rises by day. Yes. Sleeps by night and rises by day. He's not up all night trying to find a, a YouTube video on how to do something. No, he sleeps by night and rises by day. Sleeps well. The Bible says God gives his beloved sleep, Psalm, Psalm 127. You know Psalm 127? So he gives his beloved sleep. You know, you know what it literally means? That he gives to his beloved while they're asleep. The literal translation of that, it actually means that he gives to his beloved while, he's, while you sleep. So God will prosper you while you're sleeping. That's why you wake up to your daily bread. That's why you wake up to your daily load. That's why you need a book to write down, God, I don't know, you thank God for what you did for me. While I was sleeping, while you sleeping, God's working. For so he gives his beloved sleep. How can you sleep? Well, I already sold. So I sleep by night and I rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Give me that in the CEV, please. 4, 427 in the CEV. Look what it says. The farmer sleeps at night and is up and around during the day. Yet the seeds keep sprouting and growing, and he doesn't understand how. That's why I wanted you to see the word, understand. He doesn't understand how. Thank you. I don't have to understand. Listen to me very carefully. Logic and reason will hinder financial grace. Logic and reason will hinder financial grace. If I have to wait till I understand it, I won't get, I won't step into it. I, my wife and I have told all this, I don't know how many times, but when Apostle Philip Derber first came here in 2009, preaching and teaching things to us about the kingdom of God, there are so many things that we did not understand, but because he read it in the word and preached it, we started doing it, we started operating in it, and what we did, uh, did not understand still manifested. I don't have to understand it. I wish somebody was holler back at me. I don't have to understand it. Some of y'all said, I'm going to wait 
I'm going to wait and watch and see. I mean, let me study it out a little bit more. I don't need to study it out. I saw it in Scripture. And I didn't have to understand it. I just had to believe it. Logic and reason will hinder financial grace. If you wait to drive a car until you figure out how a combustion engine works, then you'll never go anywhere. Pastor Vernell is an engineer. There are things he understands in electronic engineering, right? There are things he understands in electronic engineering that I don't understand and I do not care to understand. But I still use it all. Y'all got smart watches on your, on your arms? Y'all don't know how them watches work. Y'all got smartphones. You don't know how they work. I don't know how I can pick up my phone and call Tennessee and somebody on the line answer or they can even see my face. I don't understand how that works, but I'll do it. So I don't have to wait till I understand something to do it. Give me that same verse in the Living Bible. So this farmer sold and went away. And as the days went by, the seeds grew and grew without his help. Without his help. Please tell your neighbor for me. Please help me out. Say, God doesn't need your help. He put a system in place that if we'll simply plug into the system, he doesn't need my help. So if I'm not helping, then grace must be working. And grace doesn't need my help. All grace needs me to do is apply my faith. By faith, we access grace. Right, Romans 5, by faith, we access grace. So all I got to do is release my faith by my actions. Notice this man sowed the seed, and the, the seed sprouted, grew. He didn't understand, and he didn't help. So I don't need to understand it, and I don't need to, under, I don't need to help it out. By faith we understand. Hebrews 11, 3, by faith we understand. Right? God commands things to be so, to happen. So, in my time, I got remaining tonight. I, I, I got I to gotta deal with this area of sowing. Proper sowing. Because, again, I've, I've backed off of it. I don't talk about it. I pull away from it. Because so many people resist it. And secondly, I never want anybody to even conjure the idea in your minds that I'm trying to get you to do anything for me. 
And it's not that I'm the only ground for you to sow into. You understand? But I'm talking about when, when people hear you say sow, the first thing that, you know, what happens is people get nervous. That little nervous thing sets in. And the devil starts putting stuff in your mind. Yeah, you're trying to get something. <laughs> Maybe no. Maybe no. I, I learned. I, I learned. My wife and I learned this together. How to do this for ourselves. And we're never going to do anything or teach anything that we don't do. Hallelujah. <laughs> boy, y'all, I, I got some story to tell y'all, boy, about sewing. I'm going to need to handle some stuff, but praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Genesis 1. Because no matter what you hear, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Sowing seed is the core connection to financial increase in God's economy. Yes, sir. Sowing seed, financial seed, is the core connection to financial increase in God's economy. Yes, there are people who, who spend all their days on YouTube, all their all YouTube hours preaching and teaching against it, yet they got Patreon and want you to subscribe and want you to send in a PayPal. They monetize, trying to, trying to get you to pay for it because they, <laughs> to teach you out of what God says, if you just do what I tell you. They'll teach you how to tithing, but they got a Patreon. Teach you how to partnership. But they got membership on their YouTube page. Am I talking right? Now, are there people, have there been people, and are there people in the body of Christ who have, who have abused, incorrectly taught, manipulated the scriptures, for their own personal gains, yes, 100%, 100%, 100%. Just like there are doctors who've taken folks' organs, <laughs> selling folks' organs for the wrong reason, you don't stop going to doctors. People who prescribed all kind of medications for people that they didn't even need. Get a free vacation. So we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's, let's, let's stick to the scriptures and make sure to let the scriptures tell us what's true. So I'm talking about sowing seed. Everybody say sowing seed. Uh, we, I know we pray and fast. We can't get around sowing seed. I know we like to dance and shop. We can't get around sowing seed. Hallelujah. Genesis 1.29 God creates the heavens and the earth and all the creation and so forth. And God said to man, he says, see, I've given him, given you every herb that yields seed, right? Which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Now, I'm trying to read this, but you read verse 30. And he'll say, but to all the animals, I've given them all the, all the herbs of the field and so forth. This will be for their food. But to the animals, he doesn't mention seed. But to man, he says, I've given you herb that you'll see 
and tree whose fruit you'll see. Why does God point out the seed to the man? Because that's the only way man's going to be able to reproduce and perpetuate what God's given him. So what he says to man is, you take the, take the fruit and the herb, but don't eat the seed. Animals eat the whole thing and poop it out. Trust me, I see all this in my backyard. Uh, it's like the wild kingdom in my neighborhood. It's, it is. Yeah, we coyotes and and uh, opossums and uh, raccoons and uh, owls. Big hawk. It was back today. That same hawk that was at my house last Friday. It was back today in the backyard digging up for something. I'm like what that? Huge hawk. Like what in the world is that? They, they leave all kind of droppings because they don't, they don't use the seed. No need for the seed. But he pointed out to you and me, Deacon Mac, that what I give you has seed in it so you can take that seed and reproduce. Okay? Then he goes in Genesis 8.22, after the fall, after the flood, and, and Noah is now going to replenish the earth. He tells Noah in Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains, does the earth still remain? Are we still on the same earth that Noah was on back then? Seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. So as long as we're still on this earth, seed, time, and harvest remains. It shall not cease. Y'all got it? How long? While the earth remains. So this means that no, listen to me, this is very, 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 very important because I hear this kind of stuff on YouTube and I'm like, ugh. No amount of progressive revelation can change the fact that seed time and harvest remains. And people, I hear people using this phrase, oh, but there's progressive revelation. We're in a different time. We're in a dispensation of grace. It's not the same as God said, as long as the earth remains. So I don't care if we enter a new dispensation next week. As long as we're on earth, seed time and harvest doesn't cease. I don't care how much revelation you get. Oh, this, you know, we've learned. And our, our foreparents, could, they couldn't read back in the day, and they just had to go with, you know, they didn't understand. Now we understand some stuff now. Yeah, well, you better understand what he said while the earth remains. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Okay, now let's go to my main place I want to hit. Come on. And we'll quit. Soon. <laughs> Second Corinthians 9. Because I've proven you to you already, hopefully, that the kingdom of God operates by sowing. He just, Jesus told us that. We see that three times in Mark 4. We've proven that according to what God said to Adam, then what he said to Noah, seed time is there. Everything keeps going by seed time. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Are you there? All right. Our section is 6 verse 6 through 11, okay? In this section, in this passage, Paul, that whole chapter, 
chapters 8 and 9, you read chapters 8 and 9 together, it's all about finances. Everybody say it's all about finances. Second Corinthians, say it, Second Corinthians, chapters 8 and 9 are all about finances. It's all about money. Okay? So I don't care what kind of other revelation you want to throw on top of it. Do what you will. But within context, it's about money. Hallelujah. Do you know Jesus preached on money more than any other subject in his whole ministry? Y'all quiet over here. Do you know in Jesus' ministry he preached on money more than any other single subject? Now, he preached on hell more than he preached on heaven. But he preached on money more than he preached on hell. Do <laughs> you know why? Luke 4.18 is for the Lord's promise because he's going to be the preacher of gospel to the poor. He preached on money more than any other subject because he knew after these things the Gentiles seek. And he knew people's primary concern in life is their money. Not about covetousness, but about how am I going to eat? How am I going to feed all these heads of children? You know, some folk don't get married because of the financial ramifications. You know, some folk get married just because of the financial ramifications. You know, we can save on this rent. You know, we just partner up to get together. And you, what you've created is a partnership and not a marriage. Thank you, Lord. So if we talk about money in church, it's okay. Matter of fact, for all the religious folk, that's why we take it a special session to talk about money. So you come on Sunday, we can preach on sin. That's what you want to hear. Second <laughs> Corinthians 9. So Paul here gives us a lesson, a, a good lesson on sowing and financial grace. Okay, look at verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So I want you to first take note that, catch this, God uses your measuring stick. He uses your measuring device. How much you want to receive? Well, he's going to use your measuring stick. Hallelujah. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Y'all read Luke 6.38? Give it to me, Luke 6.38, please, in the Living Bible. Luke 6.38, Living Bible. Can you read it with me? Ready, read. For if you give, what happens, say it again, if you give, well, so you ain't, you ain't going to lose nothing then. First of all, you ain't going to lose nothing. This, this would apply giving anywhere, even to the poor. Because God said he gives to the poor, you lend to the Lord, so I'm going to repay you, so... You can't lose no matter what you give. So you should never be afraid of giving. You should never be afraid of running out. 
Because if you give, you're going to get. Caleb, uh, uh, okay, you got your Bible? Who's talking right there in that verse? Do you know? You don't have your Bible. Uh, somebody, who has your Bible? Who has your Bible? Over? Who, who's talking that verse right there? Huh? Who? Are y'all nervous? Who, who is it, y'all? Y'all better go to Bible school or something. Y'all like, oh, Jesus. It's Jesus, okay? Okay, all right, it's Jesus. Y'all, oh, you verified. Okay, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. I wasn't sure. The red should give it away if you got a good Bible. Okay. So if it's Jesus and he, he is the Son of God, the image of God, the express image of God, does everything God does, showing us how God operates. So this is the word of God. So if God says, if you give, you will get, then if you give, guess what's going to happen? So how can I ever run out? You know how I run out? I spend. If I make my spending my priority, I will run out. But if I make my giving my priority, I can't run out. Because if I give... I will get. But notice, Jesus doesn't stop there. I mean, that, that, that would be enough to, to settle me down, like, okay, I'm going to be okay. But he doesn't stop there. He says, oh, y'all read it. Ready? Read. In full. Oh, that's good. Oh. Come on. Come on. <laughs> It'll be enough if it just came back to me in full. But he said, no, no, that ain't how that ain't how we operate. You and my kingdom. I'm showing you how we operate. If you give, you're gonna get, but it's gonna come back to you a whole different way. You know who experienced that? The Queen of Sheba. The queen of Sheba had heard about King Solomon and how everything was laid out in King Solomon's palace and his home and, you know, the temple and all this stuff. And she came bearing all kind of gifts. But do you know the Bible says she left with much more than she came with? She gave, but it was given to her. Good measure. Much more. Pressed down, shaking together, running over Now, I want you to see this part B here, though. Well, this is part C. Ready? Read. So the measuring device, the measuring apparatus is not God's choice. It's my choice. So if I use a spoon, I get it back in spoonfuls. Y'all missed it. If I use a cup, I get it back in cupfuls. If I use a bowl, come on, I get it back in bowlfuls. If I use a bucket, I get it. If I, if I use a truckload, see, but I choose the measuring apparatus. Large or small. Whatever measure you use to give, 
large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. So, okay, oh, you measure it like that? Okay, I'm going to use that same measure. I'm going to use that same measure to give it back to you, okay? So I, 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 I give you, I give you, okay, three of those back. There you go. You're like, that's, that's praise God. Praise God. Well, I, that's more than I had. What what if I if what if I gave a truckload? And got truckloads back. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish this. Let's finish up. It's almost nine o'clock. Some of y'all about to drop off to go to sleep already. Some of y'all asleep an hour ago. Um Go back to uh, 2 Corinthians 9-7. 9-6. 9-6. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I mean, I appreciate you coming. But for what? Just to go to sleep? You could have slept at home. Yeah, you might as well get undercover. Wrap up. So if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Okay? Look at verse 7. So each one, so let each one give how? As he purposes in his heart. So sowing, watch this, must be on purpose. Sowing. I'm talking about sowing. Everybody say sowing. I'm not talking about making no clothes. S-O-W-I-N-G. Sowing must be on purpose. Because he said, not grudgingly or of necessity. In other words, I must be a, a, a the kind of giver who, who wants to give Willingly. Yeah. Give, give me that same verse, please, in the um, ERV. Can you read it with me? Yes, I know you can. Ready? Go. Each, Each one, one of you. Give what now? What you have decided in your heart to give. Keep going. You should not give if it makes you unhappy. Or. Come on. Now, please hear me. You should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That means you put your thinker there. I've decided on this. Whatever brought you to that decision, said it. And, and he says, you should not give if it makes you unhappy. Did y'all hear me? If giving makes you unhappy, keep it. Do not do it. Or if you feel forced to give. Now, I've been in church a long time, 52 plus years to be exact. And in church... I've watched a lot of forced giving. Yes. 
be careful. <laughs> See, you have to decide in your heart to give. If you decided, okay, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to throw out a random number. I'm going to give uh, uh, $80. You come to church and they say, no, we need to give God more. You need, give, you need to give God more of that. I need everybody here to give $125. Psalm 125. I got a line over here. I've seen it too often. I guarantee you go home tonight and turn on YouTube and watch anybody live service, somebody having a conference or whatever they little special with things, whatever they're having, and you're going to see people doing the very same thing. And <laughs> now, most of y'all don't know about denominational church. The denominational church, if you carry any kind of title, they're going to set your offer for you. Need all the ministers to give 125, all the elders, all the... And they're going to call your name. We, like, we certainly like to thank uh, uh, Deacon Bishop Robert for $300. Come on. And you you got to come up there. Because they're going to call my name. Now, some, some of y'all, you never did that, but you were in a church where they put everybody's giving on the, on the wall. How many of y'all know about that? Your, your giving was on, on the wall. So it was a forceful, and he says, you should not give if it makes you unhappy. Or if you feel forced to give, God loves those who are happy to give. Exodus 25, 2 says this in the King, New King James Version. It says, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. So notice God's idea is only if you're willing to give it. If you're not willing to give it, I don't want it. God says, I don't want it? Yeah, yeah I heard you, Lydia. It, it ain't going to help you none. Because if you aren't willing, this ain't nothing, it's not in your heart. You can't step into my system if it's not in your heart. You just threw money away. You should have you went to the casino. You should have gone on the, down the, I almost said Ecker Drugs. You should have gone on the Walgreens zone and bought you a lottery ticket. <laughs> so my song must be on purpose. Y'all got it? Let me keep going here. So I, I need to be happy when I give. Happy. Now, sowing might make you cry, but not because you're unhappy, but because you're stretching, and sometimes stretching hurts. Anybody ever, God ever stretched you? 
You weren't unhappy. You just you were just uncomfortable. Anybody ever worn any shoes that were uncomfortable? Did it make you cry over? <laughs> I remember one time. Y'all got a few more minutes. I remember one time, man. Uh, this is bro- brother Tony. Back when brother Tony's a teacher at the church, and uh, he used to wear these expensive Italian shoes called Bruno Magnus. And uh, my wife and I one time were in, we were in some kind of shoe outlet. Uh, I don't know Neiman's or one, one of those, it was an outlet store, and they had a pair of Bruno Magnus in the store. They were like dirt dirt cheap for what they go for. My wife she bought you gotta have this Bruno Magnus, Sonny. You gotta have this Bruno Magnus. I'm like. Okay, I'll put them Bruno Magnus on. I'm trying to be step with the big dogs. Put these Bruno Magnus on. And I remember I took, took the shoes. We, we went to uh, Bill Winston's church in Chicago. Faith meeting. And um, the speaker that night was Dr. Frederick Casey Price. We about to hear Frederick Casey Price. We had Bill, Dr. Bill Winston's church, boy. We walking in and suited up. I got them shoes on, boy. Before I know it, I was wearing them like slides. I had the back of the shoes, the back of the shoes knocked down. They were slides on my feet. We got back to St. Pete. Get them shoes some. Boy, I was crying in praise and worship. It wasn't, it wasn't the spirit of God. Stretching hurts. So sometimes when you stretch, it will hurt. You'll cry about that, but not because you're unhappy. Psalm 126, verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So God will turn those tears into joy when you're being stretched. All right? By the second Corinthians 9. I'm going to wrap up here in a couple of minutes I'm, before I lose everybody. <laughs> Second Corinthians 9, verse 7. I want to look at an amplified classic this time. Because here's what I want you to know. Remember, you give as you purpose in your heart, right? Yes. Heartfelt sowing touches the heart of God. Yes. When you give from your heart, it touches the heart of God. Yes. When you sow, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Let each one give as he's made up in his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. So notice, if your heart is in it, then God says, you're the person I can't do without. I can't abandon you, I can't do without you. So since, so now I put you on my payroll. I, you, I become your supplier. Because I know I can, I, can, I can get you to pull a trigger anytime. In the grocery store, in the park, at McDonald's, 
outside the church, wherever I show you a target, I can depend on you to pull the trigger. So I can't do without you. I got to have you on my side. I got to have you on my team. I got to have you working for me. Y'all got this here? So remember now, let, look, at this, look at this part here, this last part. The last line. He's unwilling to abandon you without a joy, joyous prompt to do a giver whose heart, whose heart is in his giving. Is in his what? Giving. Notice not whose heart is in his receiving. Wake up, everybody. Watch this. Whose heart is in his giving. One of the mistakes that happens in sowing is that people have their heart in receiving. That's not the purpose of sowing. And that's what we miss. The purpose of sowing is to be a blessing. In fact, give me verse 6, please, in the Amplified Classic. Verse 6, Amplified Classic. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, Amplified Classic. Watch, watch what it says here. Glory to God. Um, or whatever you got it in. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Amplified Classic. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows that will also reap. So my generous sowing is so that blessings may come not to me, but to someone. But as a consequence, blessings will come to me. But my heart isn't in what I'm receiving. My heart must be in what I'm giving. Oh. Slap your name on the leg. Tell them this is good right here. This is good. This, this, this is the key. This is the key. This is a missing ingredient. It's a missing ingredient. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anytime I hear about somebody showing up here in this church and they got a, they got a, a debt-free car, whether they bought it brand new or they bought it off the side of the road somewhere, I sow into it. I have three cars. I, I don't need another one. I mean, I like another one, but uh, I, I, I like another one. I like, I like three new ones. But I'm trying to be a blessing. So I normally say, hey, your first tank of gas is on me. Now, they admire I had three tanks of gas. I just, that's just what I say. Your first tank of gas is on me. I, if I find out it's your birthday, if I have your cash out, can I get a witness? I, you, you, you're going to get dessert on me. Now, I ain't paying for your whole party, but I'm, I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm going to give you something. And don't go text me your cash app now. Everybody's <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get anything back. I have learned. I have learned. I, my, God, God trained my wife and me on this here. We have learned that our heart must be in our giving. And when you get your heart in your giving, then God has his heart in your receiving. Hallelujah. I'm blessed to be a blessing. 
Matthew 7, 12 says this, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. People, they call it the golden rule. They, everybody said Abraham Lincoln said that. Hey, wasn't no Abraham Lincoln. It's the Bible. How are you going to give Lincoln credit for what Jesus said? Whatever you want men to do for you, you do for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I can close out on this next verse. And then we'll pick it up in the morning. What time are we come in? 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. So be here early. Huh? It's 10 o'clock, right? It's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Ain't no breakfast. You get your own breakfast. This is a free seminar. We're going we're gonna to get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to dig in tomorrow. So come wear your casual clothes. Y'all looking like, I'm casual. Get more casual than that. It won't work. No, I'm just joking. You come out in booty shorts and stuff like that. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And look at Amplified Classic, please. And God's able to make every grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. That's not the classic. I don't need the Amplified Classic. Thank you. And God is able to make all grace... Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furniture in abundance for every, you know, this is, doggone it. Thank you, Lord. Let me keep going. No aid or support and furniture in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I'm, I'm thinking about people who've come to me for help. And they're not here tonight. I just run through a list. And you're, not, you're not here. You're not here. I'm spouting answers. Wisdom comes at the lips of the man of God. That's what the Bible says it like that. You need to be here, hearing. That means they ask you, tell them no. You tell them no. I told a guy the night something that we learned from Dr. Uh, Fisher. He said, givers must learn how to say no because takers never will. If you're a giver and... People come asking you, you better learn how to say no because takers will never say no. Proverbs says a leech has two daughters, give and give. The leech has two daughters, give and give. Give and give. That's all leeches want to do, just give me, give me, give me. Take, take, take. So it means you better learn how to say no, no, no. That's enough. So let me close here saying this. Financial seeds activate God's financial ability. Notice it said, 
And God is able. He's able. But him being able doesn't do anything. I got to activate his ability. See? And you can confess, but confession doesn't activate his ability. Not in the financial realm. You can fast for 40 days, 40 nights, and be skinny. Skin and bones, but it won't activate financial grace. You can pray in tongues for six hours, take a break for two hours, pray in tongues for six more hours, seven days straight, but it will not activate that financial grace. What's going to activate it is seed. I assume you're already tithers. Tithing gets you in the door. But once you get past that, then there's sowing in various manners. I could taught all, teach all kind of things like that. I have taught it. Eight ways to cast your bread. It's in the doing. Philippians 4, 10 to 19. Let's read that. I'm going to read that. Help me out media in the ERV. Thank you. Look what Paul says. Because what I just, I told y'all, financial seeds activate God's financial ability. Okay. Paul says, I'm so happy and I thank the Lord that you have again shown your care for me. You continue to care about me, but there was no way for you to show it. I am telling you this, but not because I need something. He says, I've learned to be satisfied with what I have and, and with whatever happens. I know how to live when I am poor and when I have plenty. I have learned the secret of how to live through any kind of situation. When I have enough to eat or when I am hungry. When I have everything I need or when I have nothing. Paul's right there. Go back, go back. He says, I've, I've learned the secret of how to do this. What he's saying is, the, the secret is I depend on God no matter what. So whether I have plenty, I still depend on God. If I have nothing, I depend on God. And if I depend on God, in my nothingness, he brings me something. So he's not saying I'm cool being broke. He said, I learned that when I have nothing, I still depend on God so God can take care of me. Because the very next verse, he says this in verse, verse 13. Verse 13, Christ is the one who gives me the strength I need to do whatever I must do. We know it as this, as this I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we take that scripture and we apply to everything. You know, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going to play football today and I can do all things with Christ who's with me. I, we, you know, I can, I, can, I can raise these kids with Christ, you know, and I can, I, can, I, can, I can pass my test this weekend by, by Christ. No, but he, that's all great and wonderful. You can superimpose it. But what he's talking about is in every financial situation, you can handle it through the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens you. He's talking about your money. Thank God he'll take care of you and help you be a good husband, be a good wife, and pass your driving test. But what he's talking about is when you're up, I can do it through Christ. When you're down, I can do it through Christ. I can overcome adversity. I can overcome this hardship through Christ. 
Y'all got it? Yes, sir. Verse 14. But it was good that you helped me when I was in need, needed help. Now, how many of y'all know um, this, this scripture, this passage, this whole book of Philippians is about a, this nasty word called partnership. I'll leave that alone. When I needed help. Right? You people, I like the way you say that. You people in Philippi, remember when I first told God, told the good news there. When I left Macedonia, you were the only church that gave me help. So these, the church, they were partnering with Paul. Several times you sent me things I needed when I was in Thessalonica. Really, it is not that I want to get gifts from you, but I want you to have the benefit that comes from giving. The what? Benefit that comes. Say it again. The benefit that comes. So there's a benefit from giving. Now, they were not giving for the benefit. They were given to be a help to Paul. But Paul said, I want you to know about the benefits that come from giving. Which meant benefits weren't even on their mind. He says, I have everything I need. I have even more than I need. I have all I need because Epaphroditus brought your gift to me. Your gift is like a sweet-smelling sacrifice offered to God. God accepts that sacrifice and it pleases him. Now watch verse 19. My God will use his glorious riches to give you everything you need. He will do this through Christ Jesus. New King James says this way, and my God shall supply all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, what activated God's ability. It was their seed. So what happens is people in church quote Philippians 4.19 as if it's a blanket promise to every person in the, in the church. <laughs> but it is not. Because it only applies to the people who activate it the financial grace. So you can't claim something you don't have a right to. Well, no, didn't the Bible say God will, he will, he will take care of my needs? Yeah, back in Matthew 6, Jesus says, yeah, the Father knows you have need of these things and he will give it to you. But he's saying, but this need level is different. This isn't just supplying your needs. It's supplying your needs according to glorious riches. This isn't just, you know, because uh, the law only requires, um, Brother Barry, for you to not go to jail, if you give Barry Jr. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you are good with the law. You stay out of jail, just give him peanut butter and jelly sandwich seven days a week, three times a day, you are good. Give him some water, he's good, according to the law. But you're a good daddy. So you're going to butter it and you're going to put it in on the. You're going to throw something on the side. You're going to jazz it up. So you're going to go way beyond the need. Good Hawaiian rolls. You're going to buy them Hawaiian rolls and, and some little sliders. 
See, we're going way beyond the Matthew 6, just your needs being met. Talking about here, needs being met according to glorious riches. According to glorious riches. According to glorious riches. So, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So, so if, <laughs> so if, if, if I ask, if, if I ask Deacon Mac, I say, Deacon Mac, man, I, I need a car. He said, okay, Pastor, I'm going to get you a car. Then he's going to do the best he can with what he has, get me a car. But if I ask, I'm going to just throw out a name, LeBron James. Hey, LeBron, I need a car. And LeBron buys me a car. It's going to be a different level of car. No offense. A different level of car than what Deacon Max going to bring. Because the level of riches are different. Now, both cars will meet the need. But when the need is met according to glorious riches. It's a different level. That's how God wants to meet our needs. That's how God wants to bless us. The seed does it. So don't tie God's hands, ladies and gentlemen, by being, by being smarter than him. By being stingy with him. Okay? Get this, get this wealth he's talking about. Get this grace he's talking about. Amen. That's enough for tonight. 10 o'clock in the morning, we're going to come back and get some more. <laughs>